Dear friends in Christ, welcome to this podcast from All Saints Episcopal Church in Portland. All Saints is a loving, welcoming parish serving Southeast Portland for over a century. Our purpose is to celebrate God's love, seek and serve Christ in all persons, and go forth into the world rejoicing in the power of the Spirit. Today, we invite you to join the Reverend Deacon Maureen Hagen as she preaches the gospel and explores the mysteries of God in our modern world. That the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Good morning, beloved community. It is... It is wonderful being with you on this crisp morning. It's hard to believe the last time I preached was in February. I ended up spending Holy Week in West Africa, finding myself at one point flying on a Soviet-made military helicopter piloted by a Ukrainian expat who transported us across the Congolese countryside. The prime minister and his cabinet accompanied us seated in the center aisle in plastic lawn chairs. You had to be there. (laughs) Traveling through West Africa, I observed great variation in people's lives. As we know, these countries lost up to one quarter of their young people to slave brokers. As trafficking in human beings became illegal, the focus shifted to mineral, mineral extraction. Colonizers displaced cultivated lands to mine precious metals and plant cash crops. Europeans carved up Africa during the scramble, establishing borders where none had existed before. Almost no economic or political development took place that did not directly benefit the colonial powers. Decolonization happened rapidly in the 1960s, but the new countries faced incredible challenges setting up viable states. 60 years later, some are doing well, but others continue to struggle. Not surprisingly, many Africans blame the imperialist legacy for the dysfunction. Not surprisingly, many Westerners deny any culpability. Human society has always produced suboptimal economies. Usually one small group possesses the power and wealth, while the rest must compete for the insufficient leftovers for survival. Power concentrates through inheritance, greed, military might, political manipulation, or luck. According to the ways of the world, we view people on top as blessed, worthy, better than, entitled. In the long run, self-generative wealth is considered solely their possession, free to use as they wish. According to the ways of God, all people are beloved and blessed. Everything is of God and is a gift. We need to ensure that God's gifts are widely shared. In the Jewish worldview, those who acquire inordinate wealth 
who exploit the poor, who care little for others, these people are anathema. In the Christian worldview, the Acts 2 ideal is that all who believe were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. But that idyllic world has only existed rarely and briefly. Instead, the norm has been different. When reading today's gospel, I remember the Kathmandu airport last December. There were a few dozen Europeans heading home, and there were several hundred young Nepalese men heading to Malaysia as migrant workers. With 40% unemployment, brokers working on commission sign up people to work for a few years. On arrival, they surrender their passports and have little freedom. Many risk death. While they long to be with their families, they do what is necessary to provide. We see similar scenes daily in the U.S. where migrant workers assemble by bridges, in parking lots, hoping to be chosen by recruiters for a few hours. It is a precarious existence. Options are few. In today's story, we need to remember that the best people can hope for is a job that will provide enough for one day. The best are chosen early on. In the parable, the broker returns again and again until all who sought work are toiling in the fields. Imagine how joyful that last group of workers were. They might be able to feed their families for one more day. Only the first were guaranteed a daily wage. Yet they were upset because others got the same deal. The kindergartner in all of us says that this is totally unfair. And I think our state labor board might agree. But the parable was set up to highlight the unfairness. If the early workers had received their money first, they might never have learned what others made, and they would have been content to provide their families with enough money to get by for another day. Having the latecomers receive first is a setup. Jesus wanted to accentuate a key point. Not that the broker was free to do what the broker wanted, but rather the broker is extremely generous and compassionate by giving everyone who worked what they needed to make it through to another day. Lest we forget all these laborers will need to return the next day. Clearly, many felt more deserving than others. In our world, we earn our way. We follow the rules. We live in a merit system, believing success is a result of our own actions. When we hear someone has been successful because of luck, favoritism, dishonesty, or charm, we think this is unfair. The rules were not followed. But Jesus is trying to stress that God plays by different standards. 
ones of mercy and compassion. God does not play by our rules, and Jesus repeatedly stresses this, that discipleship is often countercultural. So many of our churches think that they have got a monopoly on God's grace. They have a direct pipeline to Jesus and willingly will give you all the answers. They spend a lot of time with scripture, something which is most admirable. But then they use it as a weapon for those who do not interpret scripture the same way they do. But neither do we really like grace when applied to others. We all have benefited from God's grace, haven't we? We know what it means to be forgiven. We all know how easy it is to return to our own ways and not follow God's ways. This is part of the human condition. We even recognize this in our baptismal covenant when we promise to repent and to return to God whenever, not if, we sin. We stumble. We fall. We get up. We begin again. All of us are fellow sojourners. If we have had a transformational encounter with the living God, and I hope each of us has had that, we know with God's grace all things are possible. And yet, what about other people? Why do we worry so much about what others get? We have been given all we need. Why do we want to deny that to others? Why do, you, why do we think it is necessary to earn God's grace? Philip Yancey wrote a wonderful book called What's So Amazing About Grace. In describing God's grace, Yancey says that humans tend to follow a mechanistic view. Even though he, we would deny it, we really believe it is possible to earn God's favor. This really runs counter to grace being a sign of God's abundant generosity. Yancey tells us there is nothing we can do or not do that would make God love us more. There is nothing we can do or not do that would make God love us less. That is what makes grace so amazing but we find that so hard to grasp. We seek ways to show we are worthy of God's love and grace. God's grace, God's justice, run counter to our sense of justice. We do not really understand unconditional love, probably because we so seldom ever gl glimpse it. But there is another side. We tend to want to believe that somehow we are more favored than others. We quote John 3.16 and forget about G John 3.17. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Some of us want to keep the number saved to those just like us. We so want to be sure that we got it right, that we lose all traces of humility. When Jesus tells people he is the good shepherd, 
one who lays down his life for the sheep, Jesus goes on to say, I have other sheep that do not belong to this field, this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. Be joyful in that grace. If you have known God's grace for a long time, rejoice. If God chooses to be generous with others and shower others with grace, does that diminish the generosity God has shown us? God delights in each of us. God is present for each of us in exactly the way we need. Take immense comfort from that. May that give you confidence and strength. Because when we recognize that each of us is uniquely loved and valued by God, we also recognize we each occupy a unique position in the body of Christ. Each of us has a mission. Through sacrament, scripture, prayer, and community, we are nourished. And when we are sent out into the world, and then we are sent out into the world, so all can know the redeeming power of God's love. It is in the world where the real work of the church, which is all of us, begins. So let us go forth into the world rejoicing in the power of the Spirit. Thank you for listening to this podcast offering from All Saints Episcopal Church in Portland. For more resources from All Saints, or to support this or our many other outreach ministries, please visit allsaintspdx.org.